0: Welcome to Childhood Conversations with Kate and Carrie. Welcome back. Carrie and I are so glad that you are here to join us today. And we've got a couple of topics that we feel are pretty timely. Uh, We are actually recording this on Indigenous Peoples Day. And, you know, that everything that is around that specific holiday gets all kinds of people, depending on where you are in the country, kind of in some discussions about, um, you know, cultural, um, oh, we appropriation. just, appropriation, huh? Cultural appropriation. That was the one I was like, you and I just talked about this the other day. <laughs> and, um, we had the opportunity to work with directors across the country. And recently we were working with a program that we really felt that the program was not matching, um, it might've been matching the population that attended that school, but not necessarily of the community that it was located. So Carrie, talk to me a little bit about when you hear or you see somebody talk about, oh, they've got diversity in their program. What are some of the ways that immediately pop in your head that you're like, oh, well, I bet they don't have. I mean,
1: I think when we're looking at diversity in the program, partially we're looking at do you have a diversity of clientele or does everybody look exactly the same? Are they white Anglo-Saxon Protestants or Black (laughs) Baptists? You know, do you have a monoculture in your program of clientele? And then we look at um, the staffing. Is there some diversity? Are there men? Are there women? Are there different races, ethnicities, language of origin? You know, is there some variety there and age? Yeah. (laughs) And are there visible, visible disabilities of any kind, including, you know, the very simple one, (laughs) right, Of, of glasses or, well, I don't think you can see with my hair down, but hearing aids or you know any of those kinds of things are those are they there do you have clientele and staff and children that have some diversity um what most of the assessors if you're looking to get your center accredited through any of the millions of different (laughs) accreditations what they're looking for is a little different they don't care about the actual people in the building. <laughs> they care about the representation in your media. Um, and the number of puzzles that I was given over the years, um, as a, you know, from grants <laughs> to increase diversity in my center is mind boggling. I owned more than one of most of the puzzles that, you know, the two vendors <laughs> that I used had. Um that were diverse puzzles because I would say I would need to include increase the diversity in my program. They're like, Great, here's another copy of the Martin Luther King puzzle. Aren't you happy? (laughs) And I was like, Yeah, that's great. What else can we do? And they're like, Would you like some harem pants for dress up? And I was like, No. I do not want hair and pants for dress up. That's cultural appropriation. That is not diversity. Um, or at least that's my understanding because, you know, I, I try to make sure that if I'm having clothes from a different culture, I talk to people I know in that culture and ask them to help me pick out clothes that are actually representative of that culture as opposed to. Harem pants and um, jasmine bikini tops.
0: <laughs> I mean, maybe so, that's okay. right. So, so let's talk about some other. So, we so you mentioned puzzles. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about all the other <laughs> bits and pieces of curriculum. So, most centers, um, most rooms also have a reading space. So what should people be looking for in in the book area Um, and not just during, you know, Hispanic Cultural Awareness Month? Like what are some books that are types of books or what do they need to look at when they're looking for children's books?
1: So I think one of the problems we have is so many of the books are animal focused and we don't know the ethnicity of the animals, Um, but a lot of them have very... Uh, Western-centric names or, you know, English language-focused names. So I think making sure that there are books about Alessandro and Maria and Lola and, Lola and uh, Adib and uh, Nakisa and, you know, uh, True and, you know, just names from around the world, they shouldn't all be names that we think of as American names. There should be names that are reflective of the cultures that are in your community um, at the very least. And I would like it even better if it was, you know, the cultures of the world, but at the very (laughs) least the cultures in your community. Um, if If your town only really has like one or two different ethnicities, okay. I guess you can get by with that, but presumably they're going to eventually have access to a television and they're going to see people from other places in the world who have different kinds of names like Kareem or, you know, Lee, you know, Lee can be, I, I don't know. My name, my brain is not coming up with all kinds of different names today, but, um, uh, and, well, it is, but they're all female. And I was trying to do a gender mix. <laughs> I was like, a green, Mina, <laughs> and all of them that are coming to me right now are girl names. So, um, yeah, well, we already did a whole bunch of Hispanic, so I was trying to go. Okay. Well, I was
0: going to the boys. Okay. So we need to be looking for books that, um, in the, 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 the names, the names are diverse. And
1: if there are pictures of humans, The the humans have a variety of looks to them, you know, curly hair, straight hair, different amounts of melanin in the skin, a balance of boys and girls. And there need to be some differently abled people in the books. There need to be, you know, kids who are using crutches because a lot of kids use crutches, not just kids who have, you know, a long-term mobility issue. Kids who break a leg use crutches. So I, or wheelchairs, you know, I think those things
0: should be in the books. Absolutely. So that, so since you touched on it, I'd like to make sure that we include that and spell that out. A lot of times when you are looking at accreditation, they are looking, the diversity is not just uh, names. It's not just countries. It's not just skin tones, but it does include, um, you know, some differently able, blind wheelchair, you know, some sort of crutch or cane or something else that identifies um, the person in the picture or in the puzzle or the stuffed doll or <laughs> any of those.
1: Yeah, there are now dolls that have cochlear implants. That's yeah, really cool.
0: Yep. Yep. Um, they do. So these are all things that make, um, a really good, um, opportunity for a child care center to, uh, work with, um, training professionals, because again, just because you have the materials, if you're not comfortable yourself, bringing this content into the classroom, um, it might mean that you need to do some, personal online training, it might mean that your program needs to do some sort of an enrichment. Um, yes, we seem to have, we, we recognize at least six months a year, some different ethnicity um, in the United States. So we have Hispanic, we have Asian Pacific, we have Native uh, American. Yeah. As, but I, but I, th- I seem to think at one point in time, I figured it out. I think we have five or six months a year that are labeled as an awareness month um, for some sort of culture, Um, not just holidays, not just health issues. So these are great places to start with the kids in your program and your staff, if your kids or staff aren't familiar. Um, If you have staff and you're in a community with diversity, this is a great opportunity for the staff to teach the difference between um, maybe the animated version of a culture or of a holiday or something along those lines to perhaps how that culture actually does it. Now, where the staff may be missing, and this is one of the things, Kara, that I know that you do a really, really great job at, which is helping people understand what it is that you're actually teaching related to perhaps um, a special holiday. Yeah, and a special day on the calendar. And you don't really
1: wanna do what I call tourist multiculturalism, <laughs> which is, you know, oh, it's Cinco de Mayo or 16 de September. And so we're all gonna put on panchos and sombreros and um, shake our maracas, okay. I know lots of people from Mexico and none of them wear those clothes on a day-to-day basis. (laughs) Like that's, and there are probably parts of Mexico that do, but those aren't the ones where my friends are from. (laughs) So, um, making sure that it's authentic, which is why I don't like the harem pants because I don't know people from North Africa (laughs) who wear harem pants, you know? So it's, how do we investigate the culture? Like, this is, it's a hard thing. How do we investigate and incorporate the culture without feeling like we're tourists and we're fetishizing the other and going, you know, this is such a new and different and sexy thing, which is what has happened to a lot of native American culture. And, you know, it's Halloween coming up. And so there are going to be people dressing up as a sexy Indian and it's going to make me want to throw up every time I see it or, you know, guys who have put feathers in their hair or whatever. And that's not, that's the cultural appropriation stuff. That's not appreciating the other culture, um, and reflecting it just They're just people just put them in the books, just put them on the pictures. Like we don't need to, I don't know. I don't know how to explain my thought process here, but it's just, we can eat enchiladas in months that are not, you know, Hispanic culture awareness month or whatever the title of the month is like you can eat
0: enchiladas just because enchiladas are tasty, (laughs) Yeah, you can have tacos every Tuesday. It's okay. Um, but th- so with that, one of the things we do have to remember is that not only us as directors, as staff, as owners, chances are we weren't well educated in this diversity either. Even if we lived in communities that are incredibly diverse, even if we had friends who come from a variety of backgrounds. I mean, I have friends from Jamaica that I grew up with. And you know what? I can tell you very little about their culture because I never asked. Not that I didn't, I wasn't curious. It just wasn't something we did 30 years ago. You know, we just, you know, if I happened to be there and somebody was fixing a meal that was definitely not the type of food I was used to, I ate it, but I never asked why I never asked what was in it. Um, I just ate it because they put it in front of me. (laughs) And so I think that we do have to give ourselves some grace, but we have to remember that we are educators and lifelong learning is really, really important. And so we need to continue to figure out how to get ourselves out of our own comfort zone. And that is where I think um, giving your staff the opportunity to train other staff, uh, provide meals to other staff, um, even especially on months that it's not that month, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, if you have Hispanic staff, especially find out, um, cause that's a pretty broad label. So find out family. Yeah, um, are they from, are
1: they from Peru? Are they from Colombia, Mexico?
0: Spain? Yeah. Yeah. Portugal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. So um, so you need to find out, you know, where they're from and then incorporate them other months. You know, we don't need them to be teach, doing staff training just in October. Um, if you have uh, staff who have close friends or close relatives, again, of other ethnicities that are representative, especially in your community. Uh, we happen to be at some programs recently that, you know, like I said, the school itself was pretty... Um, the clientele was pretty monochromatic. Yeah. But staff staff, pretty diverse. Yeah. The staff were diverse, but the community itself has had even more cultures than even were represented by the staff. Um, And a lot of different cultures that weren't represented by the staff. And so Um, you know, we need to be aware. Um, I know that this is not the only program in that community that has this problem. So,
1: yeah. And we've talked about books and we've talked a little bit about food. Um, and we've talked about, you know, the human beings, but there's also, you know, other representation on the walls, Mm -hmm. the art, um, is, is there art on the walls? (laughs) other than what the kids create and if so is it diverse is the music diverse are there pictures of firefighters and all the firefighters are buff men are there no buff women who are firefighters in your town um i just because one of the classrooms i saw in the past couple of weeks was doing a, a unit on fire uh fire safety and so i didn't see any women firefighters and I had a friend who was one of the first women firefighters in that town. And so I was like, there should be some women.
0: <laughs> well, um, what's even more interesting is, you know, we are, um, for those of you who don't know, Carrie and I are in Austin, Texas. Um, but like in Arizona, um, in Phoenix, Arizona, they have lots of female firefighters and female firefighters who compete internationally in um, fitness games. And we have, Um, The Austin Fire Department had a female chief. That female chief is now at uh, West Palm Beach, Florida. So, I mean, you're going to find that diversity wherever you want to, but you have to intentionally go looking for it, Um, especially when we're doing career days. So, uh, again, uh, careers is a great example of other places you can include that diversity without it having to be high. This is Hispanic Cultural Awareness Month. Well, we we need to recognize and do that more during um, our curriculum development. So, if you are a director who is responsible for the curriculum of your staff and buying the curriculum materials, it is more than buying the black baby dolls. It is more than buying the the different skin tone crayons. It is there's a lot more that go into making those curriculum modules of any subject, even the subjects with mammals, even the subjects of farming. Yes, it may mean that you have to go specifically looking for the African-American female farmer, but she's out there. Um, You know, we have to go out and actually look for and find the Asian actress, not the Asian who's at the computer. So we need to also make sure that we're thinking through the stereotypes um, because again, what's easy for us to find, what we immediately think of may not be exactly what we should be doing or the best thing we could do for our staff. Uh, And and I'm going to throw out there that there is
1: um, a website called Unsplash, which is a great place to get copyright free images and so if you can't find or if your teachers can't find any pictures that offer diversity when they're doing their unit on you know spiders (laughs) um, send them off (laughs) to Unsplash and try to find you know women with spiders you know you can put woman plus spider and I'm sure Unsplash has a picture Um, you know or if you're doing a unit on farming and all the pictures you guys have, and all the ones that are in the books are white guys, which is not what most farmers in the world are. Most farmers in the world are not white guys. Um, most are women of color <laughs> on the planetary scale. Um, and so you can
0: find those on unsplash. You could so, you know. okay, so let's let's talk real quick about that because as you brought that up, I thought about, that unit on farming that we saw and what a great opportunity that would have been to show how farming is done in other cultures Um, because it was very cartoon driven. um, And actually, even for the part of the country, it was very mid North Midwest. (laughs) It was, they were not growing things that would have grown in Texas. So um, that would have been a great opportunity. And because this program really values its, Um, science and math experience, it would have been really cool for them to actually have shown young 20-something farmers in Texas using drones to actually, you know, learn about what was going on on their farm. I mean, what three-year-old wouldn't have found it really cool to see somebody who is a farmer, you know, flying a drone to basically get a picture of their farm? So. Okay, so I'm going to, sorry, I I backtracked, soapboxed.
1: Um, I mean, it's absolutely correct, you know, um, but that doesn't mean that everybody on your staff is going to know that farmers use drones and that they have some of the most complicated machinery on the planet. They have more, you know, lots of chips in their computers because how many programs have people who are in farming or in agriculture in their community, you know, right. So, So
0: basically, what Carrie and I are trying to talk about is diversity, equity, and inclusion in more than the buzzwords. We're talking about how it needs to actually be in your classroom. And this is a great opportunity when you're starting to figure out your staff training at the beginning of every school year. If you're listening to this in the middle of of end of October, even into December, and you're thinking, okay, we're going to do some staff training in January, and a lot of times people do have MLK Day off, and that ends up being a staff training day, what an awesome opportunity for you to plan a staff training for your staff where you are literally I mean, we used to pull out National Geographics for the kids to look at and to to make artwork with. But what a great opportunity to do the same thing because I'm sure if you ask right now, you're going to have at least one, if not four grandparents of kids in your program that have decades worth of National Geographics. I'll take them, I'll take them. Decades um, sitting on a shelf somewhere. But we also have computers. We also have our smartphones, right? We have the internet. We can go to Office Depot. We're using this for educational purposes. If you find a really cool, you know, disabled Hispanic or, you know, some, a a different ethnicity, a (laughs) non-white disabled female flying a drone on a farm, you know, take that picture, cite where you got it from print it as a poster and that needs to be a key component in your farming unit. But it's also a great opportunity because that picture can now be used in a science and technology. It can be used in an aerospace. It can be used if you just decide to talk about specific cultures or disabilities. You now have a poster that might have ended up in the farming box, but you could have printed it four times. And this is a great way to get your staff involved in the discussion, the biggest thing we can do is talk about it. Not talking about it doesn't make it go away. It doesn't make it better. And if you've got staff who are the same age as Carrie and I are older, this is even probably more outside their comfort zone. And depending on your staff's background, the other programs they've worked at, if they've only ever worked at this one program, They really, they're not going to be comfortable having these conversations probably. And the little cartoon white farmer is what they want to do in their farming unit. Um, Now, if really what they're focusing on is more, you know, what comes out of the result of farming and they're not really talking about it as a profession. Okay, I'll give it to you. You, you don't have to add the diversity there, but then make sure that you're doing crops that are, you know, that makes sense for your community. If you live in Texas, apples are not your crop. Pop- yeah. Pumpkins are though. We grow a lot of pumpkins. We, we, we do grow lot. lots of pumpkins. I have no problem with pumpkins. pumpkins I have a problem with corn, corn. cotton, yeah. squash, we, tomatoes. You can do apples in some parts. If you're in Texas and you're in the panhandle and you have, I think there's like, Three types of apples that will grow in the northern part of Texas. Um, okay, <laughs> but it's not something that apple cider, which in lots of the Midwest and the Northeast, this is a big deal. Not so much in in Texas, right? Like stick with your pumpkins, stick with your squashes. Know what grows in your community, um, but also know what doesn't grow in your community. <laughs> you know, it's like it's one thing to know what does, but you also need to know it doesn't. So, all right. So Carrie, what are some things that you think out of all of what we've talked about from the disabilities to the skin tones, to the cultural appreciation, uh, appropriation, to having real photos and understanding what is involved in community, what might be something that a director might miss that might be easy to do, especially if they're thinking they wanna get accreditation. I mean, I would hate for them to be putting the stuff on the wall entirely to check a, to check off a checkbox. Oh, good.
1: I mean, to me, it it starts with the staff education. <laughs> it starts with the staff education and empowering the staff and saying, I give you free reign to increase this. This is the minimum level you can go above that. So let them know where the floor is and that there is no ceiling. Um, And say, you know, audit your books. Look at your books. How many books do you have where the main character is? Um, Asian, or the main character is black, or the main character is Hispanic, or the main character is from another continent, you know, or even just a different country, because it's interesting to kids to read a story about somebody named Seamus, and then to learn that Seamus is a, you know, an Irish name and a Scottish name. What is Seamus like? Where is Seamus from? You know, have stories about different things. So that's where I would start is with the training for your staff and then say, I would like you to do an audit and bring me a shopping list and we'll do what we can. What can we print out? <laughs> what, what do we have to buy? What can we make? Um, and help them to realize that, you know, this is a big deal. And I think anybody who says, oh, representation doesn't matter, has not been on social media around the time that the new Little Mermaid was released. Because the number of videos of young Black children, young African-American children, just literally falling down in tears because this was an iconic princess and she's being portrayed by a black
0: woman. I mean, is amazing. Okay. But let's, okay. Now I'm going to, I'm going to pause you there because you and I were around and this is one of those, what I call underrated Cinderella movies because it is Cinderella and it, she was black. I mean, this was in the nineties. So part of my problem. So if you hear me sometimes sound like I'm on a soapbox is that some of these things are things that I personally have been working with young women on since the mid 90s <laughs> but you know what when disney plus went live that movie was
1: not on there i know oh I, I i've got lots of voice i mean i can say lots of things but i just wanted to point i mean out. i think they i think they finally added it on but it was not on there until people went hey wait a second where is brandy i would like brandy please where's my brandy as cinderella
0: yeah so, so but yeah and that, that, that brings up a great point. If you are a program, and we do know that there are child care programs that do include digital pieces, videos, and stuff like that, sometimes, maybe not every day, but they've got them sometimes um, in their program. This is, again, an opportunity for some real education. I love the Magic School Bus. I love Miss Fizzle. I love the diversity of the kids in her program. But you know what? We can find real life people. And our real life people, especially if we look at 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 90s versions of Animal Planet and, and, you know, PBS, we're still looking at pretty much white people. I mean, unless you're reading Reading Rainbow, you didn't see a whole lot of diversity in the popular shows that the kids were watching from those channels. So, again, go outside. I mean, again, we've got. If you can't find them, you go to TikTok, you go to Instagram, go find people that are considered influencers. There is Google. Um, I challenge you, if you're listening to today, here we go. All right. So here's a reason for everybody to send me an email, Kate at Texasdirector.org. Send me an email. Tell me the profession that you can't find as a female and as of some sort of mi- minority or even disability that you want represented. Give me the challenge to go find a picture of that person for you because they're out there and they want to be seen. I mean, yes, it's why we have more and more Native American and African-American and Indian-American and Asian-American astronauts and people who work in the aeronautical industry. It's not just the ones going to space, but they have to be represented. You have to see there's a reason why you know, we have C Jane. Okay. Gina Davis has this awesome nonprofit about C Jane. And it's all about getting more and more, um, women in every media piece because is- half the time we aren't there and we're half the population. So more than-, than, less than a quarter of the time, we've got a problem.
1: Yeah. And so I think that is definitely, you know, gender bias is a big thing. and that's why I said, you know the firefighters who are women, the the farmers who are women. Um, but again, we want the staff to have this feeling of I want, pe- I want the kids in our school to not think that men can only be chefs and women can only be nurses. Women can be chefs and men can be nurses and
0: we want to help them understand that. And women can be doctors. I mean, I think of the number of women who I grew up with who were always told be a nurse. The only ones who were ever told to be a doctor were the ones who came from Asian distant Asian families. Yep. So, you know, this is their opportunity
1: to make a difference in how those kids see themselves and see the members of their community. Um, as active participants not statues that you go see in a museum
0: and this is also a great place to include these photos in your um create your dress up dramatic play is the word thank you the dramatic play area have the pictures of those non-traditional what we consider non-traditional, even though there's a pretty good chance, especially right now, when you start looking at male nurses, the, the, the number of male nurses right now is about 40%. Um, so when you look at the nursing, you know, as a career, we've got 40% of them that are men. And again, they're not represented, you know, people still automatically assume that the men are either an orderly or they're the doctor. Yeah. You know, so,
1: I mean, we've definitely gotten on our soapbox and gone longer than we normally do, but you can tell this is something that is important to us. We work really hard to try to raise our kids and the kids at our centers in a more open way so that they had more cultural context for different cultures. And we have seen incredible benefit from that, from both our personal kids and the kids that we help to support at our centers. And we want you to be able to do the same. It is incredibly powerful when kids see their neighbor represented in the artwork, in the books at your center. Um, So, and the music, good Lord, the music, we could go on a whole other tangent about music. (laughs) We're not going to, but I will write it down and we will come back to it and we'll do it another week. (laughs)
0: In the meantime, I want you guys to go check out. If you guys don't know, Carrie and I are both authors and we actually have a book called Lola and the Hurricane. And as you can probably guess, Lola is not an Anglo little white girl who grew up in Texas. And we would love for you to go check out that book. It's currently on sale on Amazon. And there's an audio book. And so if you are looking for an easy way, uh, especially right now during hurricane season, uh, regardless of where you are, Uh, whether you're a coastal program or not, it's a great program to start to introduce kids to, um, how to be prepared. And so with that, thanks for joining us. Kate and Carrie and I are so glad that Carrie and I are so glad that you have joined us today. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's one of those days. And with that, we will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to childcare conversations with Kate and Carrie. Want to learn more? Check out our website at texasdirector.org. And if you've learned anything today, leave us a comment below and share the show.